Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that's our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities. We are so grateful for our sisters from around the world who make this podcast possible. And now let's jump into this episode of the More To Be podcast and seek God to equip us to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus every day. Kaylee, I am so glad to have you back and be on the other side of this Zoom screen as we're recording this together. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Podcast has been hopping with a lot of I know. Guests. They've been so good too. It's but it's nice so to be good. back and be able to like spend a little time and talk about a subject, honestly, that I mean, we're both really passionate about. So I know, I know. I'm really, I'm really excited. So uh, for those of you who don't know and are listening for the first time, Kaylee and I go way back and she's been part of the More To Be Ministry and one of my regular co-hosts on the podcast. And she is also a trained life coach that has gone through the coach training program that we offer through More To Be. And so for this episode, we're doing things a little different. We're going to be really fielding a whole bunch of questions that have come in regarding mm -hmm. coaching and becoming a coach. Uh, specifically, how do you know if you should become a coach? So um, the reason that I'm actually said to Kaylee, let's do this episode is because I had somebody say to me, do you have like a podcast that I could listen to about this? Because this ah. particular person is trying to make a decision and she's been thinking about this since 2014, actually. Oh my word. I wow. know. That's how far back she and I have communicated as she's trying to figure out how does this fit into her life? And I often have women that will come to me mm -hmm. and say, you know, help me understand how can I use this? What's realistic? What should I expect? Right. So you went through the coach training class and mm -hmm. what, what motivated you to do that? Um, I had just stepped into a new position at, uh, in war at my job and um, I took on the role of assistant chaplain. I work at a Christian uh, boarding school, a high school. And so I had always been in ministry and definitely youth ministry and had what I felt like mentored kids, but I really was just feeling this need for some additional training and wanting some more resources and tips as I worked with kids. and. I honestly don't remember how I kind of stumbled because like, again, mentoring, I kind of was going down those roads of, of looking into that. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, did I go back and get a counseling degree? And it just was not the right kind of timing to jump into going back to college with my kids. And again, like starting a job, like I was so excited about this position. And so I wanted to move forward in it and not take time off to be like, Hey, I need to go back to school. Yeah. Um, so I came across coaching and started reading more about it. And it was like, and I think actually I had picked up a book um, and read, I don't remember the title of it now, I'd have to look it up, but on coaching. And it was like, oh my word, this makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And I love the concept of just learning how to ask better questions and really mm -hmm. diving into that, that listening skill, 
um, and and taking the time to hear somebody else and support them in you know a way that they feel heard and that you help them to move forward because that really resonated with the mentoring side of things mm -hmm. of like I want I want teens to learn to be young adults you know I want them to grow into being able to take responsibility right. So it really just kind of fit with everything. And yeah, then it was a total God thing how I yeah. ended up meeting you and and coming through the life breakthrough course. But um that's really then and I have I have used the skills that I learned with coaching I, with my family, mm -hmm. um, with parenting for sure, mm -hmm. and then definitely in my job. Mm -hmm. Um, just as I have mentored and coached and 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 come alongside especially the girls that come to me for advice and mm -hmm. um, for counsel right right i love it i love um you you touched on so many different aspects so you know for me it's a kind of a similar journey in that mm -hmm. i was involved mentoring teenage girls and mm -hmm. i was more to be i had already started more to be and there were more and more requests for me to provide mentoring curriculum and I just felt like I needed some like authority, like right. credentials saying like, right. I'm legit. Uh, and I actually looked into going back to school to become a counselor. And at the time, uh, too expensive for me, mm -hmm. um, too long of a time commitment, not a good fit with my kids, distance learning, hundred uh, percent distance learning programs weren't right. available 10 years ago. Right. And so uh, I had been coached um, once in a professional setting and had okay. gotten the gist of like, wow, this is really helpful to have somebody with that accountability and the encouragement mm -hmm. and the open-ended questions. And so I began looking for programs and I found Life Breakthrough uh, through another person that I had been following. And Stephen and I made that decision like, you know what? It's seven hundred and ninety-nine dollars, which the right. ironic thing is, the price is still the same. Yeah, seven hundred and ninety-nine dollars. A decade later, Life Breakthrough right. has not changed their prices for a ten-week course, and you know can make three payments. Mm -hmm. Two sixty-six. Three weeks later, two sixty-six, mm -hmm. and that was very digestible. And and he said, "Well, give it a shot. If it's terrible, we're out less than a thousand dollars. If it's awesome, then that's great." And for me, within three weeks, uh, we decided this was one of the best things I'd ever done because I, I discovered that the weakness in my mentoring approach was it was so heavy in advice giving. Yes. And then I would be so frustrated when these girls did not take my advice. Right. They'd come to me and ask me and I tell them what to do and they wouldn't do it. And then right. I'm like, I'm a loser. Why am I doing this? And, and what I realized was that the art of coaching uh, is, is brilliant. I mean, it's just brilliant. Mm -hmm. So the skill set can get integrated into mentoring. It's can, like you're talking about in my experience, it can get integrated into counseling. If you, I find the best therapists are use coaching questions, honestly. Yes, because otherwise, I mean, it can still be kind of that reverse situation of yeah. they're just spewing out information. And it, that's yeah. that is like, as you're talking about, like the beauty of coaching is that it relies on the person's own intuitions, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and and the ability for 
that person to make decisions and move forward. Yeah. And you're right, it does. It frees so much off of the person who they have come to and the advice giver, I'm using air quotes there, yeah. because it is, then it's, it's more of, a, I'm coming alongside to help you to figure this out, but it's not about me and it's not about my ideas. This is all about you. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I didn't believe it when I was in the training. Mm -hmm. And I started practicing initially with like my husband and the kids. And then, right. and then of course, you know, in the coach training course, uh, so it's the 10 week course. Mm -hmm. It's an hour, a session online live with me teaching. And then there's an exam at the end of the 10 weeks. And then you do practice coaching two practice coaching sessions where you submit the transcript to me as the instructor, and then I evaluate it and give back. So at, when I was a student, I had to do that practice coaching session. Right. And that was the first taste for me of how differently I could approach a conversation with anyone. Yeah. And realize like what it did for me was show me that I am not Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't get to control the behavior of another individual. Yeah. I am not the Holy Spirit, you know, masked as, you know, a brunette. Right. <laughs> I like, I am, I am Lisa, a co-laborer with God. Right. And I can be very thoughtful and prayerful asking the Lord to put into my mouth the questions that ought to come out to mm -hmm. bring out an aha moment in that person that I'm engaged with whether it is a coaching client or my daughter or right. somebody I'm mentoring, right? Like it, it happens all the in, time, all, all the time. And so, uh, you know, I've been, so basically for me, when I finished that coach training, what I did in order to launch my business, because at that point I realized by week four or five into the course, I was like, I, this, I'm doing this for a living. Right. Yeah. Um, and I basically told Five, you know, I sent out an email to a bunch of my friends mm -hmm. and said, I'm launching a coaching business. I need practice clients. I'm giving away five sessions, five packages of three sessions each. Okay. And boy, I had them gobbled up right away. Right. So within about two to three months of graduating from the course, I had about 15 hours of coaching under my belt, Yeah, which was enough to help me know, A, I wanted to do it. B, right. this was God's business. See, I, I could legit charge for it mm -hmm. and it could fit into my schedule. And so really like I was off and running right. from that point on. And I've been coaching clients for the last, gosh, it's like 10 years. I think it's wow. going to be 10 years. Yeah. And you do such a good job at it. And I never, like, I would love, to, I mean, I would love to do this and to coach like as a job, but I wasn't, I didn't go into it from that standpoint. Yeah. Cause it was more of like, I just wanted the tools and the resources to use in my existing job. Yeah. So who knows like down the road, but, um, at the moment, you know, it's, it's just part of what helps me to do what I do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I would say probably about 50% of the students that come my way are, are doing it because they want to build a coaching business and the mm -hmm. other 50% our personal growth or integrated into their current roles right. and responsibilities. And oh, so, it you know, it totally makes you a healthier leader yeah. and coworker. I mean, I just, I don't see any downside to pursuing coaching. In fact, I've actually through my work now, I had the opportunity this last year to join a coaching co cohort where we had 
well, our last session got canceled, but it was a, a um, it was a two day retreat. We were going to do it three times in the year. And there was a coach slash counselor. He actually has his, his degree in psychology, but he was the facilitator coming down. And so we were doing, you know, more extensive work and, and then breaking off and doing breakout sessions. And I mean, I'm still learning stuff and a lot of it was completely repeat of what you taught and that I went through, but just the practice and watching other professionals, a lot of it was pastors and teachers um, go through it mm -hmm. and just watching their eyes. I think that was the fun part is because I had already gone through it and been using it. Like I had a different perspective to it, mm -hmm. but watching some of these pastors go, Oh my, like yeah. the way that I can now interact with my church members and kind of freeze me as far as they're coming to me. And a lot of them just said like the weight is off me of like, they're coming to me for advice. And yeah. it was like, Oh my, I am so free now. And yeah, I'm able to come at a better, um, I'm able to serve them yeah, at a better level now because of this, like the questions, the healthier response to it, not taking on the, the baggage and the weight of somebody else's problems. And, and, coming alongside them. Yeah, yeah. I, it was beautiful to watch and it was really fun to see them have those aha moments because I'd already bought into this whole thing like a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I want to, I'm, I'm thinking we should do like coaching right now, like live, like think about something I can coach you around, but like put that in the back of your mind and we'll just like do a little, like, this is what coaching looks like. Okay. But before, before we do that, I want to, to point to the biblical perspective that I have on coaching. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something that is part of the life breakthrough curriculum. Okay. So context, once I finished my coach training through life breakthrough, right. I, I was sending so many prospective clients to coach training that I basically asked Daryl and <laughs> Janet who own life breakthrough. Can I please be your instructor right. and, and teach this course? I love this stuff. And that's not a normal trajectory. Like they've not brought on another instructor, I think since me. Um, and so I've been teaching their curriculum mm -hmm. through more to be. And so they provide the content and then I like infuse it with all this other information. And part of what I infuse into the course is these biblical principles right. above and beyond what they already included that have come to me over the years. And then I spent, I spent a decent bit of time talking about the brain uh, and the mm -hmm. impact of trauma, because that's what I'm going through now in my trauma focused equine assisted therapy training. And so, uh, you know, when you're working with a client who is stuck and not able to move forward, right. being thoughtful about what's happening in their brain and their body is relevant to understanding, um, does this person need counseling or does this person need coaching? Right. So explain a little bit then what, I mean, I, I feel like maybe we touched on it, but so what is yeah. this big difference between coaching and counseling? Yeah, that's a great question. So in the simplest definition, counseling is like the archeologist looking at what happened in the past mm -hmm. to help figure out what happened in order to move forward. And in that process, I clarify even further that a therapist is trained in understanding mental health, right? mental health diagnoses, mm -hmm. symptoms, and then treatment plans. And in coaching, we don't do any of that. We are not people who are diagnosing other people's problems. Right. We're not saying this is an anxiety disorder, this is borderline personality disorder, yada, yada. It's helpful to have an understanding of that and what to do. So there is an organization called Mental Health First Aid that you can get training through 
That's a free one day training that literally helps you respond as a first aid responder in a mental health crisis. And I think that's good for coaches to have and and mentors to have. Um, But so a counselor is really dealing with the obstacles and moving forward when they relate to mental health. Whereas a coach is, is taking in an understanding of their past, the mm-hmm. client's past and, and, and because that's the context of their story and understanding like, oh, they have a diagnosis with anxiety. They have a PTSD mm-hmm. diagnosis, but they're in what's called wraparound care. Like they're seeing their therapist about that. And so the work with the coach is, is more present and forward moving. And so we right. do a lot of work identifying core values, which we teach in the class, core beliefs, identity, um, outer obstacles and inner mm-hmm. obstacles, which would be mindset obstacles. And so the coaching process that we unpack is really going from awareness, where's the client at, vision, where's the client want to go, um, obstacles, what's standing in the client's way, and then strategies mm-hmm. or solutions, what steps are they going to take to move forward? And then what kind of assessments or techniques, tools can we use in working with that client to address those areas? of being stuck. Well, and core values, I mean, is such a big piece of the puzzle that I really enjoyed going through the coaching process. Um, and it's been fun. I've done core values with a few of my students and there's just, as they go through and it's like, wow, that's why that's important. Or wow, that's why Mm -hmm. that really hurts when a friend does X, Y, Z, because, you know, their core value is loyalty. And so it cuts even deeper when a a friend is just kind of flippant or whatever. Um, and it, and bring that out of like, well, that's why that's even more detrimental to you is because you Mm -hmm. value loyalty above, yeah. Adventure and fun or something else where this other friend is just like out to, you know, go experience life. Yeah. Or right. Whatever the case may be, but it just, it helps to shed light on a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when you're taking the course is basically you are a client right. in that process. So you're dealing with what are mm-hmm. your core values? What are your core beliefs? What is your identity? And you're doing the worksheets, which gives you an understanding of how you would use them as a coach. Right. And at the same time, I, that's why I call it a personal intensive because like it, it really is like a 10 week mm-hmm. extended retreat. I mean, where you are just dealing with your stuff. Right. So one they, that prompted a question of like, so how much kind of homework is involved in the course? It's been a while since I took it. So I, I mean, I know we had some, we had readings outside of class, but like yeah. that might be as far as people like trying to figure out how much time do I need to invest in this? Like yeah. how much would they be putting in per week? Yeah. So the recommendation is like two to three hours. And usually what I teach is that at the end of every class, look at the next session, mm-hmm. see how long the audio recordings are, glance over how long the worksheets are and, and then pace out your time. So, you know, on the weeks that you are doing practice coaching and having to transcribe by hand those sessions, that's mm-hmm. going to be more commitment. And so usually what I try to do is we ha- I usually have like a week off somewhere between weeks three and week seven so that there's like catch up time and there's extra right. time built into the schedule for that practice okay. coaching session. Yeah. I don't remember it being like overwhelming. It definitely mm-hmm. fit into my schedule and um, worked really well. So 
it's way better than these pre-grad grad classes that I'm taking right now. For, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm, I'm actually in school now to become a counselor. And that is an interesting sort of dynamic. Why, mm-hmm. if I'm a coach, would I also become a counselor? And it, it's because it, now I can afford the time and right. I can afford the expense of it, sort of. Uh, and I want to be able to help um, people who can't find a therapist. Honestly, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that need therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. I usually uncover that in coaching and then have to refer out. And so I want to be able to continue to work with those clients longer and serve them more with more continuity. Right. So that is why. And those classes, it's like a ridiculous amount of time compared to the coach training. (laughs) I could never have handled it 10 years ago. So really, one thing I want to point out is that God was the first coach Mm -hmm. and is the best example of it. And if you go to Genesis 3, which is a a familiar passage for for most people, um, we see how God used questions in engaging with Adam and Eve. And I love this because he's God, so he knows exactly where they are. Right. But chooses to use a question. So just reading at verse eight of chapter three, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. They hid from the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? And that is an open-ended question, right? Starts with where. And so, and then the man replied, Adam said, and he said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. So let's just play this out differently. If God had said, Adam, I see you there. Right. He would have said, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I know I'm here. Well, and then he wouldn't have acknowledged his fear. Like he wouldn't have spoken it out loud. And a lot of times when we don't speak it out loud, it just doesn't register where we're actually at. Right. And I feel like we can hide then behind it. If somebody else is like, well, you're this or you're that. And with, with having to respond, yes. it forces you to acknowledge where you're, where you're at. It's ownership. It's ownership mm-hmm. of yeah. your behavior. And so God continues. Then he asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? I commanded you not to eat from God already knew all this, mm-hmm. but he's again, getting ownership. And the man replied, the woman you gave me, gave to be with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So the Lord asked the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. Right. And so there was another really great coaching question. What is this that you have done? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so open-ended questions lead to uh, answers with details. Closed-ended questions lead to yes, no, I don't know, maybe. Right. And so um, if I say to you, uh, you know, Kaylee, do you want to go for ice cream today? Yes, I would love to. (laughs) Right? So, okay, now we got to continue the conversation. If I say to you, Kaylee, where would you like to go for ice cream today and at what time? Can you meet me in Virginia? (laughs) That's halfway in between, Lisa. (laughs) Right. We will find there's a really great place in Lynchburg (laughs) called Rookies. We can go go for ice cream at Rookies because they have gluten-free and I think they might have dairy-free. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, Rookies, give you a shout out. Uh, So 
the, there, there the conversation right. starts to unpack, right? And now I might say to you, well, why Virginia? And that is, a, you know, we approach coaching with curiosity. Like we want to mm -hmm. know the why, but we're supposed to not use the why question. We're supposed to say, help me understand. Right. What made you choose Virginia? Because I happen to live in Georgia <laughs> and you happen to live in Pennsylvania. So it seemed like it was halfway in between. But yeah, right. I mean, exactly. You know, and that's where then, then, but that leads to other, I mean, that can lead to other questions of, well, yeah, yeah. How'd you get there or. Right, right. And so the idea is to keep the conversation yeah. going because we're building connection, we're building relationships. And when people feel safe in relationship with mm -hmm. us, they will talk more and exactly. they will become more vulnerable and they will begin to trust and in that place of trust, be able to share and own and mm -hmm. come to that. Like I think of the James passage that says, confess your sin one to another and you shall be healed. Right? Yeah. So healing is something that God can do with nobody in our lives. Right. He uses to use people in our lives to bring about healing and that healing has to come through honest confession and so not that a coaching session is like an old catholic confessional where you you know spill your guts to somebody and you want that person to you know absolve you of all right. your wrongdoing but in uh, the context of the safety of a of a coaching session you can admit your fears and admit mm -hmm. your longings and desires and your concerns and drill down to the core beliefs behind those fears right. and then be able to make some new decisions going forward. Oh, it amazes me sometimes where the conversation goes yes. like, and, and what I have had students, you know, I mean, high schoolers that are talking to an adult, but what yeah. <clears throat> they've opened up and shared with me just because number one, I'm listening mm -hmm. and and being intentional about that and asking yeah. questions that allows them the safety to say what their fears are or what their mistakes are and what they're struggling with, yeah. um, which brings about, there's just a lot, I feel like in, in I feel like this story, even um, that we just were reading in Genesis three, like we hide from shame and when it's in the dark, it is so much more painful and eats at us and the shame doesn't go away when we bring it to the light, but yeah. then we're able to deal with it and move forward. Like yeah. Adam and Eve couldn't have hid from that forever. And yeah. yet knowing that then God took the time to provide for their needs by killing an animal and giving them clothes and clothing them like they, God was then entering into yeah. the relationship and the mess with them and they had, and they were moving forward. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I just, yeah. And so that is a great segue to another example that I love to look at, mm -hmm. which is Exodus 18 and Jethro's visit to Moses. So Jethro right. context, Jethro is Moses's father-in-law. And, and so this is an interesting picture of both mentoring and coaching. Mm -hmm. and so I love that example for those who are thinking like, I want to do this, but I want to integrate it into my ministry or into right. what I'm already doing. How do I do this? And so, um, you know, if we pick up um, just, I'm going to read pieces of this chapter from 18. So verse one, Moses's father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything God had done for Moses and for God's people. 
Israel when the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. So this is interesting because he's already aware of what happened. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's attuned, he's paying attention to what's going on in the, right. in the life of this son-in-law. And so um, if we, I was going to say scroll down, <laughs> if we, if we go down the page to, to verse seven, so Moses went out to meet his, so he comes to the camp where Moses is at. And then um, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and then kissed him. They asked each other how they had been and went into the tent. So it's a back and forth, like, and honestly, right. the beginning of a coaching session feels a lot like that. Like, mm -hmm. how are you? How are you? And you kind of chit chat back and forth. Then verse eight says, Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that confronted them on the way and how the Lord rescued them. So there's this important aspect in coaching and mentoring from a coaching perspective, which is what I teach in the biblical mentoring course, um, which is to listen attentively, mm -hmm. even if you think you know. Right. Jethro had an idea of what happened. Mm. But he took the time to first listen and get the whole story from Moses's perspective. Yeah. Right. And then um, in verse nine, Jethro rejoiced over all the good things the Lord had done for Israel when he rescued them from the power of the Egyptians. Blessed be the Lord, Jethro exclaimed, who rescued you from the power of Egypt and from the power of Pharaoh. He rescued the people from under the power of Egypt. Now that the Lord is greater than all gods because he did wonders when the Egyptians acted anger arrogantly against Israel. So there's two coaching techniques in there. One is encouragement, right? Mm -hmm. And just saying like, I hear you. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm rejoicing. He's also pointing to the goodness of God. So having perspective is something that he's offering. Right. And then he's restating what he heard Moses said. And that's mm -hmm. like a, a really foundational coaching principle is that you pay really close attention to what the other person is saying and, and have them have this opportunity of feeling validated right. by putting back into their words. So it continues on. Um, that conversation ended with a meal. And then the next day, Moses sat down to judge the people and they stood around Moses. Uh, they stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses, father-in-law saw everything he was doing for them, he asked, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? And there is another coaching question. So, so Jethro observed and then mm -hmm. asked an open-ended question. Now he breaks coaching rules and he uses the dirty word, which is why right. <laughs> he says, why are you sitting alone as a judge while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? So if we were going to use a coaching question in this day and age, we would say, help me understand what is happening here. I see you sitting as a judge while all the people right. stand around you from morning to evening. Well, cause and why it has this immediate, like accusatory, like, yes what are you doing that for? You know, right. it's like, um, right. so yeah, it is. It's more beautiful when it's where did the other, and it, and it gives the other person the opportunity to not be on the defensive because exactly. like if it'd be immediately like, well, this is, I mean, of course I'm doing it this way. Like what other way is there to do it? You know, right. versus like, Oh, is there a different way to pursue this? Right. And tone so, will yes. change the why <laughs> countenance context, all of yeah. that. Yeah. So we can't lose the why because it's our curiosity. It's, it's what makes right. us effective in coaching. We just need to use a different verbiage yeah. uh -huh. to communicate that message. And then it begins to trans, uh, uh, 
Moses or Jethro begins to move into a mentoring role yeah. at this point forward. Yes. Because now he makes a statement on verse 17. What you are doing is not good. Moses father-in-law said to him, you will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me and I will give you some advice and God will be with you. So that's so important because there is an appropriate time for mm -hmm. advice giving. And, and it, it is in uh, leadership. It is in, right. you know, older to younger. It's in context of family, right? There's mm -hmm. an appropriate time. In a coaching session, if you are carrying the title of coach, you are not giving any advice. You do right. not want to be responsible for somebody else's choices. Yes. Right? And that is where the challenge becomes because many women who choose to go into coaching come out of an advice giving background. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very natural for us. Mentors, female yeah. <laughs> leaders, you know, <laughs> entrepreneurs. And, and we think we know what's best for somebody else because of what right. worked well in our lives or didn't work well in our lives. Right. And so that's the real like stretch through the coach mm -hmm. training course and the practice evaluations mm -hmm. and the practice in our sessions is really learning how to trust God and not give that advice. Right. And then understand the appropriate times to take off the coaching hat and put on the mentor hat. In, right. in outside of a, outside in ministry context and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Right. And yet what makes this so effective is that look at how much time Moses took in building the relationship before he gave advice. Mm -hmm. I mean, not Moses, Jethro. Jethro, right? Jethro, it was the next day he, he watched, he asked, he, you know, right. He didn't come in just with like, I've got a message for you and this is the way you should be doing it. And right. I know better. And yeah. Right. And, and there are prophets that do that and they're supposed to, right? Sure. But in this context, Jethro models an example for mm -hmm. how to be in familiar relationships. Right. And I believe relationships within the church even, uh, and then in, in the coaching context. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus does it too. I mean, he oh, often will all respond. The time. Like I couldn't pick one passage because just basically read the gospels. No. Jesus always answers with a question, right? Yes. He's always asking the disciples to think for themselves and to think deeper. And I, be, I believe that that is the, the freedom that God wants to give us as free will creatures who are making decisions. Um, and we get nervous with that at times, I think, because it's like, wouldn't it just be easier if you told me what to do, or if there was yeah. like the specific outline, and then we want to cast that onto other people, because it's like, well, if I'm doing it this way, then you should be doing it this way. And that makes everybody feel better because then we're all like, yeah. you know, but I mean, that's where the Pharisees got tripped up all the time is because right. they were trying to enforce and put on everybody. This is the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is the only way to have a relationship with God, or we know everything. And, and, and God has made each one of us so unique and different. And, and the Holy Spirit is present yeah. and, and the ability to speak to every single one of us, yeah. um, thanks to Jesus's sacrifice. And so to, to go through and to present and to approach life from a coaching standpoint mm -hmm. allows like the work of the Holy spirit and the freedom. Like it, it gives people the ability to step into their unique self mm. and to, to encourage them and come alongside them, which I feel like people just blossom so much more under this type of, 
coaching mindset than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to give one more example of, Mm -hmm. of how it looks to be a coach. And then I want to talk a little bit about So if you decide you want to become a coach, how do you actually launch a coaching practice? Because I think that's always a big question people have. So one example I give of what coaching looks like uh, came out of an experience where my daughter came down with a really bad sore throat. I had to take her to the pediatrician's office like urgently. Mm -hmm. And and we get into the pediatrician's office and she climbs up on the table and the nurse, this really sweet older lady comes over, puts her hand on Caitlin's knee and says, sweetheart, what's, you know, what's going on? Tell me what happened. And as soon as this nurse kind of leaned in with her body and had this soft, gentle countenance, put her hand on Caitlin's knee, Caitlin starts to cry. Mm. And, and she's like, it's okay, honey, just tell me when you started to feel bad. And Caitlin starts explaining the when, the where, mm-hmm. the how, it's all the awareness, right? Right. And, and by time she finished explaining it, the nurse took her vitals and, and said, so the doctor's going to come in and, and, you know, you'll be ready to see, you know, Dr. P when Dr. P comes in. And so what was so interesting to me was the nurse looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, strep. And she was like, with the face and the smile, but she never said anything. She did not diagnose. And I am certain based on the number of years, this woman was a practicing pediatrician, a practicing nurse in a pediatrician's office that she would be able to say strep, but she stayed in her lane. Right. She did what her job called her to do. And by Mm -hmm. doing it created a wonderful opportunity for the doctor to do what the doctor needed to do. So of course, doctor whizzes in, uh, does, you know, the whole exam on Caitlin orders the culture then the nurse comes back in and says, do you understand? What did the doctor say to you? Here's this mm-hmm. is what we're going to do. Comes back with the culture results. Yes, you have strep throat. This is the treatment plan. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that pediatrician, pediatrician nurse, that nurse in the pediatrician's office, I have trouble with my words. Today, <laughs> okay. uh, did a great job in preparing Caitlin to hear from the doctor. And we as coaches are Mm -hmm. the nurse preparing our clients to hear from God. That's a beautiful illustration. Right? Yeah. Right. It is. It's providing the emotional safety, the stability, the predictability to be able to get it all out and hear from God. And we, as the coach, have to believe that God's got the answer for them and that he right. is more trustworthy. Right. He is more cared, caring about their life than we are. Right. He has already ordained a perfect plan for them. And so it increases our faith as coaches to see mm-hmm. God work this way. Yeah. Yeah. So what if you want to launch a coaching business, right? Like that's right. Uh, Where do you go after the course and what does that look like? I know. And so this is the awesome part and the tough part. I mean, Mm -hmm. quite honestly. So if you want to earn a living in a, in, as a coach with a coaching business, there's an upfront expense of building a website and creating a marketing plan and deciding how you're going to put yourself out there. I I say it's a three-year commitment. Mm-hmm. where um, you are building in your first year and making a lot of mistakes. In your second year, you're able to make some adjustments 
Mm-hmm. In your third year, you actually kind of see some legit growth based on what happened in year one or two. Right. So, you know, your first year, you might end up with two to three clients a month. And by your third year, you can have a, a dozen clients a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some of can you afford to do this financially is a personal decision that comes down to how much money do you need to make? Right. Um, how many hours a week do you have available? Not just for coaching sessions, but the building side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who do you want to coach and how much will they pay you? Mm-hmm. So like if I wanted to go into business coaching, I could charge $300 a session, right? Right. So I need less clients and less hours at $300 right. a session to make what I'm making right now. Um, if I want to coach women who are seeking spiritual and personal development, there's no financial return on investment. So that's a luxury Mm -hmm. that not everybody has. And so am I going to be coaching for $45 a session? Right. And so then how many of those clients do I need in order to cover my expenses and give Mm -hmm. me a salary? Um, so for me, the way I've made it work is that I have multiple streams of income, you know, apart from the coach training, I, you know, I have downloads on my website, I have courses that I've created and then I have clients. And part of that is because there's a sweet spot number that I want to stay in for the kind of clients that I want to work with and they're not the highest paying clients. And so, um, that means I have to create other content to be able to do this for, for a living basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it takes, um, it takes a tremendous amount of what my grandmother says is chutzpah um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to do it because there are good months and there are bad months. It's sales. Yeah. It is, um, there, are, you know, after tax re- refund season, there's a lot more people who want coaching Mm-hmm. Then in Christmas and January, when people are paying bills from the holidays. Right. And so I'm paying bills from the holidays. Mm-hmm. So December and January is our hard months, right? And so yeah. I have to make my adjustments. But if you can come up with content to mm-hmm. share once a week, an email list that you can share that to. Right. To start building um, your client base or your, your base. Build your client base through an email. Um, have something that you can share once a week, audio, video, written Mm -hmm. word, and create content that can share that content on social media so that you end up building your email list that then becomes your client pool. Right. And if you have a niche, meaning an area of specialty around which you can coach, Mm -hmm. uh, then, then you can get clients. And so you know, one of the things I've done um, in 2020 was I launched the More to Be Coach Network mm-hmm. because it's so hard for people to start a coaching practice and I wanted right. to offer support. So I had previously been offering one-on-one coaching to the coach graduate. So one mm-hmm. of the questions I often get is, well, well, after I graduate, then what? Right. And so now the then what is join the coach network and the coach network offers a Facebook group that's very active you get to ask all of your questions there and find Mm -hmm. peer support and tech support and, you know, business support in that group. We have a monthly mastermind call where you get a chance to be on a hot seat and share a challenge or a need Mm -hmm. and get feedback. You get to be coached by the other coaches. So you can book 
right now there's about 14 women in the network. You can book 14 free coaching sessions. <laughs> Basically, oh, nice. um, you get a coaching session with me uh, for every six months that you're in the network. Um, and then you get access to the coach network library, which is a Google library that has forms and mini courses on okay. Facebook and Pinterest. And, and I don't think I've done one on the Instagram yet, but like, um, how to do a marketing plan, how to set up mm -hmm. an email sequence, uh, graphics that you can use like templates. Like it's just, it's absolutely loaded. Most people who join are like, Whoa, there's all this information. Yeah. Where do I start? Right. Um, and then there's an option to also become a, a more to be coach that can take bookings through the more to be website. Okay. So that's great for people who are not re yet ready to build their own website. Mm -hmm. They can get clients. I can't guarantee, but they're right. listed on the coaching page right. and they can get clients that come through more to be. And that is, I get the referral fee to cover the cost of that service and okay. they get to keep the client and use what more to be has to offer. So right. there's really like never been a time that has been this easy, really it's, technically. That's true. To yeah. launch a coaching business in terms of coming through more to be like those mm -hmm. who graduated in the last year are really thriving off of it. That's good. Yeah. yeah. But so that's an amazing resource. Yeah. To, to be able to have that, that support yeah. and that network. Cause I know that's like, if I were to jump into that, I mean, I, I do have a marketing public relations background, but still, I think just my personality, the entrepreneur side of things yeah. is where I get hesitance. Um, so having that kind of resource and the ability to interact with other women to be like, wait, what do you think about this? I mean, that would be, um, a wonderful thing to have. I think that would ease some of my fears around yeah. like jumping into it by myself. Yeah. It's that, that community aspect. And mm -hmm. you know, some people have asked me like, but isn't that like competition? They're all coaches. And, and I'm like, the world's big people. Yeah. Like, the world is big. <laughs> the world is really big. And, and so there is more than enough room for all of us yeah. to exist as yeah. coaches. And we will have themes that overlap. Right. And, you know, somebody will come up with an idea and then somebody else will be like, well, that was my idea. You know, like I've had right. that happen. There's another website out there that like literally I think copied everything more to be. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, it ruffles my feathers a uh -huh. little bit, uh, but that's just like, I just go back to God, you know who I need to serve. Right. And so you ordain it. Well, and I, I think that's just like we as coaches, like kind of step outside of that. I'm so responsible for this person because they've come to me, you know, mm. for advice and, and from taking that out and doing more of a coaching perspective of it, of like, no, they're responsible for themselves and I'm just coming alongside them. The same goes from the business standpoint of like, okay, God, you're the one who's in charge and I'm just stewarding your time and resources. Um, so you take the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And when he's in charge, it's the best place for us to be. Mm -hmm. Well, Kaylee, I'm so grateful that we had this chance to see each other and yeah, to talk too. about something that we're both passionate mm -hmm. about. Do you, um, would you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay. 
Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given each one of us to partner with you. And Lord, whatever that may look like, whether it is in mentoring or coaching um, within our family relationships and our ministries at church or at our workplace, Lord, I just ask that you would help each one of us to um, just remember that you are God and that you are in control and that you have called each one of us to love the people around us. Um, but we do not need to take responsibility uh, for managing where they are or what they're doing. Um, that is your, your responsibility. And you've simply called us to step alongside them and to be a source of encouragement and to share your love with them. So please bless us in our relationships. Um, be with the women who are listening, who may be considering um, pursuing the coach training. Uh, Lord, guide, guide them and just continue to bless um, them as they move forward in all of their relationships. We love you so much and we thank you for your love and your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if y'all are interested in coach training, you can go to moretobe.com slash life-coach-training and the latest dates for the courses that are being offered are listed there. Uh, and then if you want to experience coaching first, which I, I often recommend having a few coaching sessions, mm -hmm. So you can go to moretobe.com slash life dash coaching and book a session with one of the more to be coaches. They're all awesome. I love them to pieces and they would do a great job coaching you. Uh, if you want to book one with me, you can do that. But I, I really like, I love my coaches. So that would be a great right. option. Yeah. And then um, any questions as always contact form at moretobe.com and that's where we'll answer those for everyone. Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to be like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that is our mission here at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities.